Welcome to another exciting episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, in our Chiefs Wire roundtable, we break down the big win against the Buffalo Bills and look ahead to the matchup against the Denver Broncos on Sunday. Also, we hear from new Chiefs running back Le'Veon Bell during his first press conference with the team. But first, as always, we check in with Chiefs Wire managing editor Charles Goldman. What was your biggest takeaway from last Monday's win versus the Bills? My biggest takeaway was that this team can be adaptive. All season long, we've seen defenses line up with two safeties deep. Linebackers have been seven to eight yards off the line of scrimmage. You got a a three or four man pass rush. They're literally using every trick in the book to take away the passing game in Kansas City. Um, so what the Chiefs finally did is they, they came out and when Buffalo tried to do that, they pounded the rock and they made the defense pay for not keeping an an extra defender in the box. And they hadn't really been able to do that. I mean, the the last time they were able to, to make that happen was against the Houston Texans in week one. So... Now that they're kind of getting back to that, back to that strategy, and, and really Andy Reid said that against the, the Las Vegas Raiders, he didn't give the running game a chance to kind of get established, to to run the ball. So he didn't want to make that same mistake again this week. And I think he's realizing that he has to trust the running game a bit more. And he even did so with kind of a, a patchwork offensive line out there. So, I mean... Kudos, hats off to the coaching staff for for trusting the run game. And then, you know, also, I've said it before with with Patrick Mahomes that he's learning to take what defenses give him. So, I mean, he said after the game that sometimes on the RPOs, it was hard for him to just hand the ball off to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because, I mean, he's been the guy to carry the load for this offense. He's been the star of the show for, for two years now. But he's learning that he doesn't have to be that guy every week and that he can kind of lean on the running game if the defenses are going to try to do a lot to take away what Mahomes does best. And then when they come back into the box, they try to stop the run, he's going to get back to throwing the football and and take some of those shot plays and take some of those deep passes down the field. But uh, really, the, the ability for them to be adaptive and kind of become multiple in how they run their offense, that is kind of the evolution of what this team is and what we're going to see from them moving forward. What should we expect from Le'Veon Bell and the Chiefs offense? You know, this week I I wouldn't get my hopes up for anything that isn't like vanilla. Um, Bell even said in his press conference on Wednesday that that he's still working on getting the lingo and the terminology to Andy Reid's offense down uh, because it's a bit more unique than, than some of the places he's been in the past. So he may get a few patch, package uh, plays installed this week, but I, I, I wouldn't be expecting, you know, uh, 20 or 30 carries for him or anything like that. Now, I wouldn't be shocked to see like a screen pass. I mean, one area that, that he seemed to emphasize when he spoke to reporters was the passing game and being able to get the ball in space. So it seems like there's been some discussion about that with him and the coaching staff. And I think we could see some of that early on. 
I think we'll definitely see him in there on the third and long reps because he's just a natural in pass protection. And even if he doesn't have all the protection calls all the way down, I think he's still better than anyone that the team has on the roster and more of a natural at kind of reading where the pressure is coming from and being able to pick up a blitz or some some extra pressure coming in. So I think that we'll see him in there as early as next week for those types of reps. Now, the one thing that's going to benefit Le'Veon Bell this week is the weather. Sunday is currently calling for 24 degrees with a 60% chance of snow. That's right, Chiefs Kingdom. We are getting potentially some football weather very early on uh, in, in kind of the, the winter months here. So uh, that tends to favor the ground game. I know we've seen Patrick Mahomes, I think last year even, he lit up the Broncos in a snow game. But um, it, it, it tends to favor the ground game, and I feel like Bell and Edwards Hilaire could could see a lot of action because of that. Do you think the Chiefs need to address upgrading at the cornerback position before the trade deadline? I really don't know that I see them going after a cornerback at the deadline. No, I, I, I just don't see that. In fact, I don't see them being all that active at the trade deadline, period. I mean, Brett Veach does still have around $6 million in cap space to play with. But we have to remember that this team is already projected to be well over the salary cap floor for the 2021 season. We also have to remember that they have a ton of free agents and need players on cheap contracts. So if you're looking at guys right now, like you're going out looking at, okay, who's available for trade? You're looking at guys that have one year left on their deal that could potentially help you make the playoff push. Or... You're looking at guys who are still on their rookie deals that need a change of scenery. As for the cornerback position specifically, I I don't think that they're really in the market there. You've got Rashad Fenton and Legarius Sneed under contract long term. You can retain Charvarius Ward cheaply too as a restricted free agent. And I mean, the upcoming draft class is, is really kind of steep with the uh, cornerback talent. So... I'd be looking for other areas where you're going to need help because of departures um, at certain positions like, say, the receiver position or even the offensive line position or uh, defensive end. You're going to have a lot of vacancies at those spots and people who can kind of come in and perhaps be depth pieces or rotational pieces this year, but maybe grow into something more next season. Do you believe Drew Locke is a legitimate threat heading into Sunday's game? You know, uh, heading into Sunday's game, I think Locke has the cards stacked against him. Uh, The weather, of course, predicting a cold and snowy game. He's coming off of a shoulder injury and hasn't really performed all that well this season before the injury or after the injury. I think I read somewhere that uh, his quarterback rating is the worst in the league among starting quarterbacks, which, I mean, that is pretty, uh, that's pretty rough right there. And, uh, you know, he, he has uh, some issues up front with the offensive line. Their, their best guard, Dalton Reisner, former Kansas State Wildcat, uh, starting left guard, he, he hurt his shoulder in the last game. And I believe I saw a report somewhere that he is very doubtful to play in the game. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I still think Locke can be a good quarterback in the NFL. But right now, this week, this year even, seems like it might be a lost year for him. I think he needs perhaps another year 
with the same offensive coordinator under his belt, uh, just to kind of get into the swing of things. I mean, Denver's also dealing with a ton of injuries. They got uh, their starting wide receiver, uh, uh, star wide receiver on injured reserve. They've got Von Miller on injured reserve. They're they're really hurting right now in terms of the injury stuff. And it's not an excuse, but I, I think uh, I think Drew Locke just needs probably another season under his belt before we're going to see him enter the legitimate threat category. And as always, are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, there's a ton of great stuff on uh, Chiefs Wire this week. As usual, we have a bunch of content recapping the Chiefs win over the Bills. Lots of stuff on Le'Veon Bell and uh, the new look offensive line with uh, Nick Allegretti and Daniel Kilgore in there and Mike Remmers uh, filling in at left guard and right tackle. And uh, we have some stuff uh, on the defense, too, a defense that's quietly been a strength of this team despite some injuries. As always, uh, we appreciate you guys visiting the website and tuning into the podcast. Have a great Thursday and go Chiefs. For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. Chiefs Wire Podcast, we are back. And as always, it's that time. We are here in the Chiefs Wire Roundtable. Got Mitch Carney, got Talon Graff. Guys, how's it going? It's going good, my friend. How you guys doing? I'm doing good. Uh, it's always good after a win, so. Oh, definitely. And this was a, uh, a must-needed win. I think we called it last week uh, a early must-season – well, not must-season, a must-win uh, game because of the playoff situation and how the records are going to – pretty much how they're going to rank out later in the year. Uh, just to start it all off, um, what is your first – your biggest takeaways from this win – uh, Mitch, I just want to come right at you on this one. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not ready to give up the starting running back job. I mean, I already knew whenever we signed Bell, uh, I mean, it's going to be a 1A, 1B thing. But, you know, Clyde's looking like, hey, he's here to stay. He's here to compete. Um, I'm sure he's still have, happy to have Bell on the team. But uh, after, you know, talking down a little bit last week, how I wasn't really impressed, he really had a really, really big game and just looked really good. Yeah, I think this might kind of be how a lot of the games go for the Chiefs the rest of the way. Um, maybe not against Denver, but um, I think a lot of the games that the Chiefs have on the schedule are going to be games where it's kind of a little grinded out. We're going to – or the Chiefs are going to focus a lot on the run, um, kind of alleviate the pressure for the for the passing attack to kind of do it all uh, you know, and save the playbook for the playoffs because obviously this team's head for the playoffs. Um but yeah, the biggest takeaway is I, I think the Chiefs could probably win out. I, I don't really know um, any any team down the road that's really going to give them a scare. You know, we, we've we've faced a tough test and we've passed both of them. So I think this is going to be a fun season to watch. Oh, it's definitely a fun season already. I mean, when you look at the situation now, obviously we were all over um, we were all over Edwards Alaire about the performance last week, and you know, was he really the guy? Then and I think you mentioned it, Mitch, literally right after we stopped recording that Le'Veon Bell was a real option here, especially right after he had just got um, released, I believe. So the fact that Le'Veon Bell is now a member of this Chiefs offense, on paper it looks like, you know, it's unbeatable right now, but we all know you can't win championships on paper. 
But when you look at what Le'Veon Bell will bring to this offense and how he will mix it with Clyde's, um, Clyde Ward-Hilaire, Talon, what are you excited the most about that combination? Seeing what Le'Veon Bell, you know, obviously the, the version that we got with the Jets is debatable, whether it was the play calling or was his, his ability. How do you feel about Le'Veon Bell in this offense? No, I'm excited. I think anybody in this offense is going to be good. Um, you know, CEH really came out and made a statement, but I that that almost makes me more excited to have both of them back there because uh, it doesn't really matter who's getting the carries between Bell and CEH. I think they're both going to produce, and I think they're both going to be great. Um, it's just going to mean that both of them are going to be uh, less tired the, the, the length of the game. So, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of split time, but I think it's just going to make this Chiefs offense that much more dangerous to have more fresh legs in there uh, down the stretch when they're, you know, trying to run out the clock when they have like a, you know, maybe a seven, ten-point lead. They're, they're going to really go to that running game. And with the, fresh, the fresher the legs, the more dangerous it's going to be. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, I mean, we can't, the Chiefs couldn't really lose in this situation. Um, they add uh, another running back to their depth. Um, and also Bell is just – uh, you know, he, he's shown to be a really good player. Um, the Jets thing is debatable. We'll see how he comes in with this offense. But uh, for the amount of money we got him for, I think it was like only like a mil- like a, a million or two. Um, you can't really lose whenever you get a player at that value at that cheap. So I'm really happy he's on this offense. And I think him and Hilaire are going to work really well together. Uh, I do as well. And I think this is actually a better situation now for – for Clyde Edwards-Alaire because you have a veteran running back, a former all-pro running back in the system. And this is a guy that you don't have to put all the pressure on a rookie to be the starting running back on a Super Bowl caliber team. I just feel like this is the best type of scenario, splitting splitting reps with Bell, um, maybe learning a little bit about, you know, catching passes out of the backfield. That's Bell's specialty. That's a guy that can line up as a wide receiver on most nights. It's To me, it's a win-win. I agree completely with what you guys are saying. Uh, the only person who I think really loses out on this is probably going to be Darwin Thompson. I, I, I can see him being a guy that's going to be on an inactive list or possibly cut. So let's talk about that. Like, who's the uh, odd man out in this running back group? And Mitch, will come with you on this. I think you hit it right on the head right there. I think Darwin Thompson is the guy. I think Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Eric Bieniemy really like Daryl Williams. Um, so I don't think he's really in trouble. I still think they'll still find some ways to get Daryl involved. Um, the only way I see Darwin making the active roster every week is if he just provides a lot of value on special teams, but I just don't think he's that valuable, um, on special teams. I feel like they can, you know, find somebody there and having that many running backs active every week. is just, in my opinion, not a very good idea, but I think Darwin is in a little bit of trouble, but I'll be pretty surprised if he ends up making the active roster, uh, um, you know, for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, totally agree. Darwin Thompson is not looking good, uh, his his future in Kansas City. I was really hoping he'd kind of get back in the good graces, uh, but he's clearly pretty deep into the doghouse. I, I don't think we've seen him at all, really, since those fumbling issues uh, and the special teams issues against the Patriots. I really just <laughs> – I don't know. It's too bad. He's a second-year guy. I've always been high on him, but it's just the proof is kind of, you know, right there on the screen when you don't see him on you know anything on him in film and then they, they're bringing in bell and that's just going to push him further down and you know i hope he sticks around i don't know what's going to happen uh for sure exactly but i do know that i don't think we're going to see much of him in 2020 for sure you know he did get a carry in the win against the bills uh, i think it was for a good 10 yards that could possibly be his last carry as a uh 
member of the Kansas City Chiefs. I know I'm just being a little bit uh, uh, on, the, on the negative side here, but uh, he was a guy that we all saw as big upside that could be that next tier type of running back, but it just for some reason just never happened. And this is the NFL. This is what it does to you when you come from the college game. It doesn't always translate. So let's see what happens here on out. But uh, just going back to the Bills game, in a way, the Chiefs defense really, I could say, stepped up. I mean, the Bills did make some mistakes and uh, some some uh, interesting uh, situations there, especially with the penalty calls. I just want to get your takeaway in regards to the way the defense played as opposed to, you know, the Raiders game, which was a complete disaster. And Talon, we'll come back to you on this. What are your thoughts on the Chiefs defense right now? You know, it seems like they, they play <laughs> – I don't know. They've been playing consistently pretty well throughout the entire season. The Raiders game was was the uh, the lone time where it's really they did not look good at all. Um, so uh, every other game though, they've really stepped up and, and really kept the Chiefs in a lot in, in really all of their games except for the Raiders. So I think they're fine. You know, whatever it was, I, you know, that was the Raiders game. That was their game to win the season. That was the one where they were going to put every single thing they had uh, in order to take down the Chiefs. That was their air quote Super Bowl. Um, so you know what? If we if the Chiefs can bounce back from that and learn from that and become a better group as an offense and it evens and and just really kind of take that as a motivation to say you know any given Sunday guys and, and nothing's given and you know keep the eye on the prize of the Lombardi and stuff I think um, it's going to be fine. So that defense has been a, a championship defense this this entire season with that one outlier being Las Vegas. Yeah, they've played great this season and they had a good game against the uh, against the Bills. Um, you know, Josh Allen is a dark horse MVP, so um, keeping him contained throughout most of the game was a really big plus. Uh, I thought the secondary stepped up. They had a, a lot better game. They had a couple of uh, – they allowed a couple of red zone touchdowns, uh, one to Stephon Diggs, but for the most part, they didn't really allow any big plays, which is what all they did, which is all, all they allowed against the Raiders. So I thought just being able, being able to improve on that and just forget about the previous week was a really good uh, plus side for the Chiefs. It uh, definitely was a, a good plus side. I mean, you look at a guy like Josh Allen and especially what he's done uh, at the beginning of the season, he has a lot of confidence right now. They were kind of able to keep him in check for the most part. But there was some things that, that really, in my opinion, are a bit alarming when you talk about the Chiefs defense and some holes there in the secondary. Uh, Bashad Breeland, three penalties, you know, in one game. That's never a good sign. Obviously, not too much of it hurt them in the in the long run. But isn't that uh, something that you, you see as a red flag going forward, especially Traverius Ward still having his issues with uh, guarding, with trying to uh, match up with top wide receivers? And, uh, Mitch, I'm going to come back to you on that. I mean, we saw this last year. Um, Breland was having uh, flag problems uh, last season, and Ward was still kind of coming into his own. Um, so I just kind of feel like this is what this Chiefs team is. We know the Chiefs cornerbacks aren't, you know, elite. Um, they can have good games, but if you look at, at all of our corners, they're either late-round draft picks, undrafted or playing on really cheap contracts so like we don't have a lot of money into them so it's kind of expected like hey every once in a while they're going to have a bad game um they're going to have the penalties we're going to see these type of stuff but if they're able to kind of clean things up before the postseason kind of like they did last season we should be okay and no matter what I think we're going to win at least 12 to 13 games um but as long as they can clean it up before the postseason I'm feeling okay about it Yeah, I mean, obviously the cornerbacks are the weakest group of the of the entire defense, but that's where you know the coaching comes in. You you have to scheme ways to kind of protect them and cover up the 
the, the lack of talent at that position. But And you got two really good safeties to do that in, in Thornhill and Matthew. Um, and really, the linebackers aren't that good either, of course. But, you know, your, your D-line kind of helps out with the front seven. So it's kind of the same way with the cornerbacks and the safeties. Your safeties are much better than your corners, so you're going to have to game plan and scheme ways for your safeties to definitely help out your cornerbacks when you're facing wide receiver talent that the Chiefs have been facing so far. Definitely true. And uh, it's funny because, you know, we always kind of take shots at the linebacking core for the Chiefs, but they played pretty well this past game. Um, was, there, was that a bit of a surprise to see the linebackers step up? Tell them, come right back to you on that. Uh, I, I'm not going to say surprise. I mean, because they've done it before. Damian Wilson had a really good game against the Chargers earlier this season, and he had, a, he had another good outing uh, against the Bills. I think Damian Wilson has been playing well above the expectations of the, of the fan base so far. Um, but, yeah, you're right. We do kind of, it's, it's just kind of it's, – it's a cliche at this point to, to, to talk about the Chiefs linebacking crew. But you're right. You're absolutely right. They have not been um, the weakest part of that defense. I mean, Ben Neiman – the less he's on the field, the better, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, Willie Gay has been, you know, kind of coming along slowly, but he's coming along. That's the most important part. Hitchens is that veteran guy that can still kind of play, um, and, and and he's a thumper inside the box. He's just not good in space. And then, yeah, Wilson, like I said, has been playing really good. So, yeah, the linebacking crew has been playing above what everybody kind of thought they would, but um, they're still not, you know, it can still be better. Yeah, I totally agree with Talon. Um they're just an okay linebacker group, in my opinion. They have some things to improve on. Um, I think a lot of it is just going to depend on how well Willie Gay improves throughout the season. If he can kind of turn into one of our top linebackers, we can kind of maybe start feeling a little better about him. But uh, it was a good game by then. Hopefully they're able to, you know, continue the success the next couple of weeks and on to the postseason. Yeah, we should definitely see. I mean, that is something that is encouraging, and we all look forward to more from the uh, linebacking core. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, we talk about it every week and probably for the last couple of years if you're a Chiefs fan, but how important is Travis Kelsey to this offense? I feel like every week he gives you another reason to just that you need him in this offense no matter what. Um, how would you guys even just put in perspective for, for everything that was going on? Patrick Mahomes is dealing with you know horrible weather, so you wasn't going to get huge passing numbers. Everything was kind of the running game. But the main target was Travis Kelsey. Just can you guys give me your overall thoughts on the offense during this game? Uh, Mitch, I'm going to come back to you on this. Yeah, um, Pat, I mean, on Travis Kelsey uh, in particular, he's the glue of this offense. Tyree kills the home run. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is still kind of coming to his own. And of course, Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. But, like, if you really look at who, Travis, uh, who Patrick Mahomes is looking at whenever he doesn't know who to throw to or if he just needs a first down, it's always Travis Kelsey. He's really just become one of the best tight ends in the NFL. He's a future Hall of Famer. Um, you know, I think without Travis Kelsey, I don't think Mahomes is as good as as he's been the last couple of years. Um, on the offense, though, uh, just against the Bills in general, though, um, I thought it was really interesting that they just decided to run the ball down their throat the entire game. Um, Clyde Edwards player looked really great, so that was a little promising. Um, and then with Bell coming into that, I think their offense is going to get even better. Um, but it just, just kind of was just like a, a stagnant game for the Chiefs offense, in my opinion, even though they were pretty successful. It's reminded me a lot of that Texans game wherever they just ran the ball all the time and just did, did just enough to what they needed to do. Yeah, 100%. Kelsey is – without him, this offense is not nearly as threatening. Um, 
But, yeah, Kelsey, he's such a mismatch for defenses. Uh, it doesn't really matter who you put on him, what you're doing defensively. Travis Kelsey somehow finds a way to get open. He's, he somehow finds a way to be the safety blanket for Mahomes and, and that continued uh, against the Bills. So, yeah, he's, he's definitely so vital to this offense. Uh, you know, obviously Mahomes is the one who's irreplaceable, but Kelsey's pretty darn close. Um, so yeah, you can't say enough about what number 87 does for the coaching staff, for the play calling, for, for everything, um, for the versatility of the offense. He, and, and he helps out in the run game too. He's such an underrated blocker. Uh, I, I, you know, if he wasn't so good in the passing game, his blocking would be more noticeable, but anyway, to answer your question, yeah, Travis Kelsey is, is extremely important for, for the Chiefs' success. Mitch, I have to, I have to say, I'm gonna have to like put a little mark next to this show because you said that Travis Kelsey is a big reason for why Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, is that? Uh, am I taking this out of context a little bit? Uh, no, I don't think so. I really think he is. Uh, I mean, of course, Mahomes. I think Mahomes would still be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But if you just talk about the efficiency that Mahomes has had, um, I think a lot of that is Travis Kelsey because. Travis Kelsey is one of the most targeted guys on the team. He's been the most targeted guy on the team the last couple of seasons. So I just think without Kelsey and not having that reliable receiver or, you know, reliable tight end slash receiver in the middle of the field, um, Mahomes definitely wouldn't be um, that type of quarterback that we're used to now where he just can make things happen on third down. Um, you'd be surprised at how, how much Kelsey it really helps this offense. Like if you really go back and look at the film, um, there's so much he does for this team and how much he helps Patrick Mahomes. Uh, definitely, uh, I can see where you're coming from. I agree. I just want to make sure I had some clarity on that because that, that's a that's a bold statement, but I, I like it. I like how you stood by it and you gave uh, you gave more reason to it. So definitely some good stuff. But uh, you know what? Actually, I'm surprised that you haven't brought up your uh, one of your favorite players on the team, and that's uh, Demarcus Robinson. He had a he had a pretty good game, considering um, you know he is not a top target on the team, but uh, I believe he had the uh, most catches and yards from this past game. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, big big time stepping up. It just shows the depth of this um, offense, the wide receiver position. You didn't have a big game from Tyreek Hill. You didn't have a big game from McCole Hardman. Um, see the guy like Demarcus Robinson actually make a play. And another another um, person that's always brought up in this uh, on the show, Nick Kaiser made a play. Talon, I know you have some thoughts on Nick Kaiser making a play. Well, I, <laughs> hey, he's lucky he had another shot to make a play. That's uh, that's that's his biggest takeaway. <laughs> No, it was a good play by Kaiser, um, and you know, obviously, the coaching staff sees something in him to to be able to to put trust back in him, you know, so soon. And obviously, that's a good coaching staff. You don't, you know, you don't want to shun a player for one mistake. But uh, yeah, hopefully, Kaiser continues to get better. He continues to get more comfortable, and and he's able to, you know, have opportunities to make plays down the road. Uh, that would be huge. It would definitely be huge. But you know, what? let's take a look ahead to uh, this upcoming week's game. Hopefully it stays uh, – I believe it's still going to stay uh, Sunday, right? We haven't heard anything yet. We're still going to have this game on Sunday, hopefully. Uh, is it go We're going against the Denver Broncos here. This is an AFC West matchup. I always tell you – you know, I say it all the time. Whenever it's a division matchup, you got to throw the records out of the window. you got to throw what your projections are. That basically – we saw that with the Chargers and obviously with the Raiders. This Broncos team – They've had some changes. They've had some injury situations now dealing with, you know, throughout the season. What is your, your, your thoughts on this Broncos team and the way they're put together and how they match up with the Chiefs? 
Mitch, I'm going to come back to you on this. Um, so they've got some players on both sides of the ball. They got Drew Locke on offense. They got Noah Fant. They got Jerry Judy. Uh, they got Philip Lindsay. And, like, that's just on offense. They've got some players. They can play football. Um, I think people kind of count them out a little bit more um, than, than what they actually are. Uh, Drew Locke was out for a couple weeks. He's back now. Um, they kind of had a rough game against the Patriots last week, but they also dropped like three or four touchdown passes. Like they scored six field goals. Like if they just would have connected on a couple of those, that game could have been a blowout. So I think the Broncos are a good team. And I think the Chiefs are maybe may, might struggle to stop them on offense a little bit just because of how good their offense is. And I'm not quite um, say, I mean, quite confident in our secondary right now. I know they've played pretty well this season and they had that one hiccup against the Raiders, but, um, you know, they've got some players on offense that can cause some damage. So you never know with our, with our defense. And then, um, and then on offense, um, I think our offense can be anybody in the league. Uh, they've got some players on, on their defense too, like uh, Bradley Chubb and uh, Justin Simmons in the secondary. So I'm not really too scared, but uh, you know, we've seen defenses give the Chiefs offenses some trouble, some trouble, even if, uh, even considering that Mitchell Schwartz is going to be out and my, I think he's going to be out. I don't know for sure. But um, we'll see how he progresses throughout the week. But if he's not playing and the, sec- and the offensive line stays the way it is, um, it'll be interesting to see how well they play. Yeah, man. Uh, and, uh, Ed, you've been right each time you said division game's going to be close. So, yeah, I, I'm going to hop on that train and, and be right there right behind you. Um, I, I, yeah, this might be a closer game than a lot of people are expecting. The defense of the Broncos, you know, led by Vic Vangio, who's, a, you know, a big defensive guy. Uh, they're they're going to be good. They're, you know, they don't allow a lot of points, the, the Broncos' defense. They really don't. So, I think the Chiefs might struggle a little bit on offense. They've, you know, they've shown, uh, you know, against the Chargers, it, it took a while for the offense to really find a rhythm. Um, and I think that might be the case here. I think the Broncos are going to come in. Drew Locke's back. Um, and, and you know when they when the Broncos went back and watched film of the Patriots game, they saw a lot of missed opportunities, a lot of drop balls, um, and, and stuff like that. So when they see that, when they clean that up, they're going to come in with with some confidence, knowing that if they just make the plays that are presented to them, that they're a dangerous team. So they're going to come in looking for the knockoff. They're they're going to come in looking for the upset. Uh, and and they're they're getting a lot of pieces back. KJ Hamler's probably going to be back. Noah Fant's probably going to be back. AJ Bowie on the defensive side, uh, he might play this week. So they're getting a lot of their horses back. Uh, and just in time to play Kansas City. So I do think this might be kind of a uh, a tougher game right before the bye week. It's definitely a, a tough, you know, it's a tough game, obviously. You're going to be playing in Denver, and you're looking at just – I always look at the different weapons that each team has that could be a problem. Um, there's a possibility Melvin Gordon will play. He's been dealing with um, – he's been sick, I, I believe. They thought it was COVID, but he's actually dealing with, like, a flu or strep throat or something like that. He's a weapon that they do have. And I, I always worry about the running game when it comes to the Chiefs. But like we said, the linebackers have gotten better. Uh, Drew Locke has weapons. Um, it's, it's just – the Broncos are such a puzzle to me because you can't figure them out because you never know who's going to be on the field. It goes back to who's healthy, who's not. Um, I just – I look at this game, and I feel like if the Chiefs jump on them early, then this is this not really much of a conversation. But I do want to just dive in a little bit more into the whole – the defense. And when you talk about the uh, Broncos' defense and not having Von Miller but still being effective, who are some other players that stand out to you that you could say, okay, 
this is somebody that the Chiefs have to worry about when they're going out in the game and tell them to come back to you on that. Yeah, uh, Josie Jewell is a really underrated linebacker in the middle of that defense. He came out of Iowa a couple years ago, um, and he's he's a guy that sat for a while on the bench, and now he's he's getting a chance to start. He he plays all over the field for that the middle of that defense, and he's pivotal for the success of that defense because he's a good tackler. Uh, he's athletic enough to make a lot of tackles in space, and he's 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 decent in coverage. So he's Josie Jewell kind of goes flies under the radar. They have a really good rookie uh, cornerback as well, um, but yeah. That linebacking core with Alexander Johnson, Jesse Jewell, you know, you can throw Bradley Chubb in there, but they, they have a good middle of that defense. So uh, the linebacking group of that of that defense, I think, could be uh, a difference maker here. Yeah, I just uh, I think the Broncos front seven um, is going to have a good chance to affect this game, especially if the Chiefs can't get the running game going. Um, they were able to get it going against the Bills, and I think that's why they were so successful. If Mahomes is forced to throw the ball, I'm kind of getting a little bit nervous, especially if Schwartz is still hurt. Um, because although our offensive line played well last week, uh, I still don't trust them at pass protection. Um, so if they're able to get to Mahomes uh, and cause some things, we uh, there could be some issues, especially if we can't get the ball going on the ground. It's going to be interesting. And now, you know, we were just talking about having Le'Veon Bell, who by all projections, unless something does happen through the week, He's expected to play this coming week. Um, in regards to how they're going to try to split up the carries with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, it should be interesting how complex are the plays that he's going to be using. And, um, Talon, I actually want to speak to you specifically on this because I know you do coaching. How long do you feel like it takes for a running back to catch on to a new system or just learn a playbook before a game, in your opinion? Yeah, well, there's obviously certain running plays that he's not going to be able to do um, just because of the, you know, their situational and their their dynamic and, and their certain just aspects of it that he's not familiar with yet. But there's also very generic plays that every playbook in the NFL has. Um, so he's going to probably get, I would imagine, anywhere between seven to ten touches. Um, I think he, you know, there, he, he can't do it all, but he he can come in and contribute. You know, the, the, the blocking scheme of the uh, of the offense is very uh, suitable to the, to the playing style of Bell. He's a very patient runner. He likes to kind of sit and, and bounce a little bit behind line of scrimmage and let the lineman engage and open a hole. And as soon as that hole's open, boom, he's gone. Um, he and Edwards Hilaire are both second and third level runners. So it, it bodes well that, you know, Hilaire's had some success. So I think Bell will too, but just not right off the bat. It's going to be a growing period. There has to be a grace period where he, ha- he, he has to be given time to acclimate to not just the playbook, but kind of the locker room and kind of find, you know, who he is in that offense. So, you know, I, I do expect, a little production out of him, but it's not going to be a lot, but you're going to see more and more every week. That's uh, that's, that's the whole thing. It's like, you, you know, I know a lot of people are expecting him to just come in and get the, get the bulk of the carries. It's so different in the NFL in terms of the playbooks. We don't know what type of playbook Adam Gase and the Jets are running. If they even have a playbook at this point. Um, I don't think Gase knows what playbook they're running. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. You know, I'm trying to hold back. I'm, I'm trying to wait until it's Jets week to actually give my opinion on the Jets, but uh, you guys see it. Uh, the whole world sees it right now. Mm. But <laughs> the, the Broncos are this week. And uh, let's actually, real quick, before we get into our, our wild card picks, the coaches, how do you feel like Andy Reid in most situations is, is going to overpower any coach uh, unless he's going against Belichick where you can see there's going to be a battle back and forth. How, how do you guys feel about Vic Vangio? Do you feel like he's – a guy that can really lead this Broncos team, or is he just going to be here probably for another season and they'll be looking elsewhere? Mitch, I'm going to come to you on this. Um, 
I don't know if they've seen enough from him yet to really uh, make a decision on that yet. Um, they have Drew Locke. I know he's supposed to be a, their franchise quarterback. It's his first season. So I like to think that they give him at least one more year after this if things aren't working out. But with how the NFL is, you just never know. Coaches get fired every season for uh, a lot of different reasons. So it would be interesting. But I think Vic Fangio is doing an okay job. I think they've built a pretty good roster, in my opinion. I just feel like they just haven't been able to stay healthy and just haven't been able to put everything together. So um, I think maybe another year or so, if Vic Fangio doesn't get it together by then, I think he'll be out of Denver. But um, I think for right now, he's doing an okay job and he's you know doing what he can with what he has. Yeah, look, I think I think they're going to give him a little bit of a leash. They have a very good, uh, you know, as soon as they get healthy and, and get all their young guys like Judy and and uh, and Hamler and um, and guys like that that are really and, and Fant even and Albert O, the young playmakers on offense, when they grow and you can throw Lock in there as well. When that offense, you're going to need to give them time because that defense is going to be good. At some point, Von Miller will be back. He is not the same player, but he will be back. Um, they have a very good young core of defenders. Uh, and with Vic Fangio, he's such a great defensive coach. You know, just look at his resume. He, he's had so many great defenses. Um, I think he can lead that. They just need to give him time for the, for the offense to grow. And with Pat Shermer being the offensive coordinator, such a seasoned veteran as he is, uh, Fangio didn't really have to worry about it too much. He can trust Shermer to, to, to handle that development and that growth. So I think the Broncos are going to you know, give him a little bit of time for everybody to get healthy, for everybody to grow. And I think the Broncos are going to really kind of at some point just hit it and they're going to be a contender. Okay, so they're going to be a contender. So this is something they just got to, I guess, be a little bit more patient in regards to the development of Drew Locke, getting everyone healthy. This could be something in Denver. All right, guys, it's time to pick our wild cards for the week. Who do we feel like will be the standout player, the guy that will change everything? And it doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't have to be the, the most common names. But who on the Chiefs do you feel like is the wild card and will be the biggest reason for win? Mitch, I'm going to have you start off. Who is your wild card? Okay, just real quick. Do we think Sammy Watkins is playing this week? Has anything come out on him, like injury-wise? I don't think so. If this is my opinion, I, I really don't think he does. I, I feel like... With a guy like Sammy Watkins, in terms of how valuable he is, they may want to hold him out an extra week. There is enough depth in terms of wide receiver. I can't see them rushing him back. They might just wait till after the uh, after the break. Okay, so then I'm going to go with Byron Pringle. He made two. He made one really good play against the Bills last week. Um, I was super impressed with his play. I'd like to see him get more playing time. Um, he really fits Sammy Watkins' type of role, type of type of wide receiver. Um, I just think he's kind of earned a couple couple more snaps, uh, especially over McCole Hardman, who just hasn't done anything the last few weeks. Um, McCole Hardman was my guy to watch, and he just he didn't even get one catch. He almost caused an interception. But um, I think Pringle's definitely earned a few more snaps, and I'd like to see him maybe get a couple more, even Demarcus Robinson, even though Robinson had a good game. Just I think Pringle just adds another element to the offense. And, uh, you know, I think this would be a good chance for him to kind of kind of make his name a little bit more known. I'm going to give some love to the offensive line, and I'm going to go uh, center Daniel Kilgore. He had an, an, a really solid game last week. He he kind of was the engine that glued that uh, offensive line together and, and, and allowed Edward Zolaire to have the game that he did. Daniel Kilgore was very impressive to me. So if he can repeat that effort and repeat that performance against this staunch, you know, Denver front seven, you know, hey, it, it, we're talking about a different ball game here. 
Uh, but yeah, he has to come in with that same intensity. He has to same, come in with that same preparation and really just kind of be the guy that I I thought he may be able to be when when they signed him. And and I I hope he continues that trend because he looked really good against Buffalo. You know what? I'm gonna give this guy a shot. I, I feel I've been very disappointed in the way he's played the last couple of weeks, especially after I predicted that he was gonna hit a game-winning field goal. Harrison Butker. You know, the whole extra point situation, point after, I, I think we could all say this is getting a little out of control. You talk about four out of the last five games, he's missed an extra point. And they've, they've gotten to the point where they, Dave Talbez uh, commented on it, saying that he's not putting his full foot into it. And, you know, you're hearing these different things. Could it be that he has a new holder this year? I feel like this is a big game for him. And, and the reason why I say him in particular is you want a, a, a situation where – you can make big kicks and you're in Denver. There's no better place if you're trying to really make an impression as a kicker and, and make big kicks because of thin air. So I'm going with Harrison Butker. He's going to be a big reason for this win. I, I feel like he'll make a lot of clutch field goals and, and probably all of his extra points. That's what we're hoping for this game. So there you go. Harrison Butker. All right. So Guys, we're almost towards the end of the uh, segment here, so we have to get right into it. Predictions, real quick, Talon, who do you have winning, and what's the score? I'm going to go with Kansas City on this one. I think they're just they're too good. Uh, Denver might make it interesting, but but Kansas City will handle business. So I'm going to go. Um, well, that defense of Denver is good. I'm going to go 27 to 17. Okay. I'm taking one out of Ed's playbook since the division game is going to be close. Um, Bucker's going to have that game-winning field goal like he's uh, predicted the last two divisional games. And uh, Chiefs are going to win 30-28. to 28. It's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think the offense is going to be rolling after, after last week. And I, I really like Denver's offense. I think they're going to do some things against the Chiefs defense. So I got a high-scoring game. Chiefs win 30-28. to 28. All right, Mitch, I appreciate it. I don't have many plays in my playbook, so – you know, that was definitely uh, <laughs> that's definitely my go-to. But, uh, yeah, I am sticking with that theme in regards to it being a division game. But I feel like it will be a little bit um, further out. I don't think it's going to be as close as a field goal to win it or possibly lose the game. I do think Harrison Butker will hit a couple of field goals in this game, however. But I'm going with the uh, Chiefs 35-20 to 20 in this one. I think they will jump ahead. And there'll be, a, there'll be too much for that defense. I know we've talked to defense for being a good front seven, but I feel like the Chiefs will handle it. I, I feel pretty confident with Mahomes who wants to have a bigger game than he's had the last couple of weeks. So um, it should be fun. I think it's going to be a, a good matchup. Like I said, divisional matchup. You can never sleep on those. We learned from the Raiders game that anything can happen. And who knows what happens? I mean, you got a 5-1 and one team now. We're heading – already to uh, about the midway point of the season. Don't you guys think this kind of snuck up on us pretty quick, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like we blinked and we're here. It's crazy. It's, it, this is how it is. This is time right now. This is 2020. And uh, this is the way we're going to um, sign off here. So once again, for Mitch Carney, Talon Graff, I'm Ed Easton Jr. Thank you guys for tuning in and check us out next week for the roundtable. Now it's time for a look back at some of the sound from the press conferences this past week.
Hey, Le'Veon, uh, welcome to Kansas City. Two questions here for you. Uh, when you go back and look at the past two years, why do you think it didn't work out in New York? And then the second part to this question is, you obviously had a lot of choices during your brief free agency period. Why pick the Chiefs? Um, well, to answer your first question, um, you know, I'm not, it's, it's not, you know, too much I can say about as to why it didn't work in New York. It just didn't work out, you know, and um, the fact that, uh, you know, it didn't, it kind of led me to the position I am here today. Um, and, you know, when I had the opportunity, um, you know, once I was, you know, a free agent, um, you know, talking to Coach Reed, um, just over in that course, it's like, it was just kind of undeniable to come, try to come here, help this team, um, you know, any ways that I can help them out, you know. Um, you know, being an opportunity to play with Coach Reed is just going to be, you know, magnificent for me. So, um, play with these players around, um, you know, uh, Patty Mahomes. Um, I never played with a player, you know, MVP-wise, you know, so. Um, it's going to be fun. You know, I think it's a lot of weapons. It's going to be fun for me. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Le'Veon. Welcome to uh, Kansas City. A couple things. Um, first of all, how do you feel like you fit into um, the Chiefs offense here? And second of all, um, are you okay with a lesser role? You, you saw how Clyde played the other night and how he was on a roll. So you okay playing a lesser role than what you had in, in Pittsburgh or New York? Yeah, I mean um, – Obviously, when I when I decided to come here, I already knew, you know, the weapons and it's only one football to kind of go around. So, um, you know, the time where I do get my opportunity, um, I think it's going to be a lot of opportunity um, to kind of show um, what I can do in some space, you know, running routes. Um, I think this offense is really fit for my, you know, my skill set. Um, I think Coach Reed um, does a good job of, you know, getting back to the ball in space. And um, I just, I'm glad I got this opportunity. Let's go next to Matt McMullen. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Le'Veon. Welcome to Kansas City, man. Um, when you were watching the game on Monday, what was going through your mind watching your new team for the first time? I was just like, this is unbelievable. Um, when I was watching, it just kind of like, um, as a defense, it's just so tough to stop because you got so many weapons and you kind of just got to pick your poison. Um, so when you got, you know, guys, you know, at the coaching position and the O-line and, you know, the quarterback position, they all making the right decisions and, doing the right thing and everybody's on the same page. Um, it's just really a tough offense to stop, you know? So um, I'm going to try to come in and, and fit in where I can, um, you know, and make some plays. Next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Le'Veon, welcome, like everyone else said. Wanted to ask you just the reaction to the guys both in the locker room today for the first time and just what your phone showed you of your new teammates when it became clear that you had picked the Chiefs to sign with. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a lot of excitement, you know, from, you know, the coaching staff to, you know, the players, fans, you know, um, they really embraced me being here and I loved it. You know, I love everything about it. I really feel like, you know, everybody welcomed me here with open arms, um, you know, and this is really a, a relief, you know, coming here. I don't really feel like pressured about anything. I just want to come here, you know, be happy and play football, you know, and people are allowing me to do that, you know, so I'm, I feel like I'm in a, in a great spot, great place, um, and I'm eager, I'm ready to roll. Let's go next to Breland Moore. Go ahead, Breland. Hi, Le'Veon. Welcome to Kansas City. Um, first things first, I'm going to expound on Nate Taylor's previous question here. Um, what kind of went into this before? I know Chris Jones, your friend, was advocating a little bit on social media before you announced you were signing. But did you hear from anybody else while you were still in that decision-making process? And also, you got to ask, 
have you had a chance to sample any Kansas City barbecue yet? <laughs> um, actually, the first day I got here, I actually did have barbecue. I had some wings, and they were unbelievable. Um, that's the first thing. <laughs> um, secondly, um, yeah, during the process, Chris Jones was definitely like – I trained with Chris Jones over the – you know, in, in the summer offseason. Um, it was just crazy. Like, you know, when I, was coming, when I was a free agent, you know, two years ago, he was kind of advocating me to come here. Um, it didn't happen. Um, you know, so when it came out the second time, you know, he kind of making jokes like, hey, don't 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 make a mistake again. You know, you might as well come on. Don't make the mistake again. And, uh, you know, he stayed in my ear on me about it. Um, I'm glad he did. You know, what I mean, it ain't like he gave me much influence. I kind of wanted to come here anyway. But um, he uh, he definitely, you know, was in my ear about it. Um, and I'm glad he was. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Good, Pete. Hey, Le'Veon, welcome to Kansas City. I know that there were interesting endings to both the tenures in, in Pittsburgh and New York. How do you think and in what ways can Kansas City realign with who you feel you are as, as a player? Um, you know, obviously just coming here and just, you know, getting on a great team, um, great coaching staff, you know, just kind of just reinvent myself. You know, I think uh, it's, I, I you know, played at a high level for so long. Um, you know, I've had like a year, uh, two years where, you know, it's not been a high level. You know, people kind of look at it like that. Um, so I just want to get back here and just get my feedback under me, get in a good offense, um, get, get the ball when I can, some space, not have too much pressure on me, um, you know, just play football. You know, not really – you got to play football. That's what, really what I want to do. Um, I think coming here is going to give me the opportunity to do that. You know, it's, it's a lot of players um, I don't necessarily got to worry about, you know, how many times I'm touching it or, or things like that, I think. I just gonna kind of fit in, and when I do get it, make plays. You know. Let's go next to Ed Warder. Go ahead, Ed. Yeah, Le'Veon. Um, as you change teams in the middle of a season, what are your what are the things that are, are most challenging for you uh, to learn in this offense so that you can play uh, quickly? And what kind of role would you expect to have Sunday in Denver? Um, I mean, I think the challenge is just really is like a the terminology of you know, the words. So, um, you know, prior teams, you kind of know what protections and names are here, just like different names and things like that. But um, it's not too tough. You know, I think um, the longer I stay in my playbook, the more serious I am about, about my playbook, um, that's the bigger my role would be. You know, I just got to get a grasp of everything. Um, I think so far I've been doing a good job um, and I'm going to continue to grow. You know, I, I know there's probably no limit to this offense and how, what he can do. So, um, I just want to continue to grow, grow, and keep learning, learning. Um, we'll see where it goes. Got time for a couple more guys. We're going to go Seren and then Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, just real quick, and I'll follow up after this, Brad. Just can you, uh, Levi? I'm not sure how it works uh, when a guy opts out and his number. You're wearing 26. Is that available? And you, you grabbed it. Was there some conversations? Did you have to do anything to get 26? Um, I just asked, was it available? Uh, they said it was. So um, I said, okay. <laughs> okay. Easy enough, easy enough. Okay, I didn't know if maybe it was it would be a no back. Your, your style, right? You, you kind of had your you're the first guy to really just kind of come to a complete stop and take a look at what all is going around, right? And then hit the hole, find the hole, and, and burst off. Nobody had really ever done that. How is is that? You know, you had great blocking as well in Pittsburgh. I know you 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 know stand up for your offensive lineman there as well. But does that style work everywhere, or is that something that you got to kind of shift and adjust depending upon who's in front of you and how the play calls work? Um, everybody kind of like talks about my style and I, I just feel like for me personally, um, 
there's times where I'm patient and there's times where I'm not, where I'm not, you know, I'm like, if the hole's there, I'm going to take the hole, you know, but if it's not there or if it's a small hole and I can create it, make it bigger, then that's when I try to improvise. I try to manipulate defenses. And that's when you see the patience kind of come in. But, you know, if I'm running, you know, outside zone or something, the hole's there, I'm going to stick my foot in the ground and take it, you know, but a lot of times in football, you see it, defenses get paid too. So they're going to make plays. They're going to have, you know, the O-line may not get the greatest push on the D-line. And you may have to help the line out a little bit, you know, and that's when the kind of like the patience kind of come in. You kind of see like I'm kind of setting things up. So, I mean, it really depends on the play, you know. I mean, I, I don't necessarily try to go in thinking I'm trying to be patient. I'm just kind of reading my blocks and improvising what happens. The last to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Le'Veon. Um, you watched the game on Monday night. You saw the way the Bills were trying to play against the Chiefs and specifically just sort of the running lanes that opened up. So how different do you anticipate the defensive attention being on you here compared to what it was in New York? Um, yeah, I think it'll be um, a lot different um, just for the simple fact that, uh, you know, it's a lot of, you know, we run a little bit more open sets here. You know, I think um, – there, when we ran it, it's kind of a little more downhill. Here, it's kind of like horizontal, reverses, misdirections, all type of things, you know. So, defense don't really know if you're coming inside, outside, or way outside, you know. Screens, all type of things. And I think, uh, you know, in this offense, there's so many guys carry the ball in so many different directions. It's kind of hard to prepare for one guy, you know. So, um, I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing for me. Le'Veon, thanks for your time, man. We appreciate you. Thank you. For everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.